The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them He has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of His chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. You may be seated. Would you join me for prayer? Almighty God, who reigns over all with perfect wisdom and knowledge and power, we come to you today in our need. God, as we continue to live in these uncertain times due to COVID, we ask that you would assure us of your presence when we're fearful, that you would calm our anxieties, and that you would give us peace. Help us to continue to look to you in faith as we walk into so much that is unknown. Father, for those who are sick, we ask that each would receive the care that they need and that you would heal them. For those who suffer the experience of isolation, whether that's in ICU or in quarantine, God, we pray that you would protect them from harm and that you would comfort them. For medical professionals, doctors and nurses and and caregivers, God, give them wisdom and compassion. Give them stamina. Give them skill in their caregiving. Protect them from exposure to this virus. And God, we pray that you would slow and stop the spread of this virus. May each of us be wise about how we conduct ourselves that we might do our part to protect others. For researchers and leaders responsible for decisions about fighting the virus, give them wisdom. God, we pray for breakthroughs in the search for an effective and safe vaccine. We pray that you would speed the day when that would be available. Guide our national, our state, and our local leaders as they make decisions that affect the lives and the futures of individuals and families and communities and countries. Lead them to implement sound policies that save lives and protects people's livelihoods. God, for all who are responsible for making decisions about school and how that will take place this fall, grant wisdom and guide them to the best plans. God, we do pray that you would make it possible for children to be in school uh, safely and engaged in the educational process that, that does the most good and is most beneficial to them. We pray for parents as they have to make decisions, give them wisdom to determine what's best for their kids. And God, as a church, help us to know how we can best love and serve our community in these days. Guide our decisions about how we gather, how we gather on Sunday morning, how we gather in other groups. God, would you deepen our faith in these days, our faith in you. And Father, as we continue to see the the turmoil in our country over issues around racial injustice, we confess that we're so often unsure what to do, and so we look to you. We pray for peace and justice to prevail in our country for all people. A few weeks ago, Steve preached on the eternal multi-ethnic kingdom that you're building, and he urged us to, to seek to grow in humility and empathy 
and teachability. And so, God, we ask that you would grow these attributes in our lives individually and as a church. God, as a predominantly majority culture, uh, white church, a predominantly white church, may we not look the other way. Teach us what it looks like to love our neighbor. Grow our understanding of this complex issue that we might truly be engaged in ways that help. Father, whether it be in how we help people during this pandemic or in how we work for justice for all, we pray that you would help us to to conduct ourselves in a way that we are light in this world, engaged in good works that cause others to glorify your name. Father, as we come to this passage now, as we come to your word, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would reveal yourself to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 1962, John Glenn became the fifth person in space. He became the first American to orbit the Earth, actually orbited it three times. 36 years later, he uh, returned to space. He, uh, when he was 77 years old, he flew on the space shuttle Discovery. And towards the end of that mission, they, the reporters were doing a, an interview with uh, the astronauts, and, and John Glenn said this. He said, to look out on this kind of creation and not believe in God is, to me, impossible. It just strengthens my faith. Uh, I read that quote in an article that was in the an Orlando newspaper that was discussing, and uh, this was written way back in the 90s when, when he flew, but it, the, the article was des- describing how that awe-inspiring experience of seeing creation from the vantage point of space, so often for astronauts, it just deepens their faith and when you see the kind of awe and grandeur that they get to see. At the end of that article, however, there was a, a quote from a biology professor who said this that about if you want a sense of awe. He said, you, you don't have to get up in a spacesuit and circle around. You can just look around. There's plenty of awe. It's true, right? I mean, uh, it would be great to see creation from the vantage point of space, but we don't have to go into space. We can just look around to see awe all around us because God has revealed himself through creation. And if we will look around, it can strengthen our faith. It can help us rightly relate to our creator. We're in the midst of a sermon series called The Glory of God, Our Passion in life, and, and we're exploring various aspects of God's glory with the objective that, that it might become the reigning passion in our lives. We're, we're seeking to move from our tendency, our inclination to live self-centered lives where, where we're at the center of our uh, universe and life's about us. We're trying to move away from that to where God is at the center and He is our reigning passion um, and, and we live for His glory. And so today, we're going to consider how God reveals His glory through what he has made. And obviously we don't worship creation uh, as some do, but creation reveals awe, it reveals wonder, it reveals attributes of God that if we can, can pay attention to it, we can, and if we can rightly appreciate it, it can help us more consistently live lives for the glory of God. And so we're going to look at Psalm 19 that we read just a few moments ago. We're going to look at the first half of this, and uh, it's an interesting psalm. You know, God reveals himself through general revelation and special revelation. So general revelation is creation, and we, we learn things about God through general revelation. It's never enough, right? We need special revelation uh, through Scripture, and uh, 
Today, I'm going to look at this aspect of general revelation. Next week, Steve will talk about how God has revealed his glory through, through the scriptures. But uh, we're going to look at the first part of uh, Psalm 19 this morning and how God reveals his glory through creation. And so verse 1 there, it says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. All of creation reveals God's glory, but, but the psalmist here is focusing on one particular aspect of creation. He's talking about the heavens. And so night and day and sun and moon and the host of stars in the night sky, they declare the glory of God. Their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. It's likely that this is the passage that the Apostle Paul had in mind in Romans 1 when he wrote this. Romans 1.20, he says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. It's an interesting thing, right? God's invisible attributes have been clearly seen. God reveals himself through what he has made. Creation reveals truths about the Creator. As you go on in Psalm 19, he talks about how God is speaking, how God is revealing himself in the psalm. And he says, first of all, God is continuously speaking through creation. Verse 2 says, day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Day to day pours forth speech. Day after day, day after day, God is speaking. It's not audible speech, but it's clear speech if we will pay attention. And each night, night to night, knowledge about God is revealed. And so there's never been a time in human history when God has not been speaking through creation. God continuously speaks through creation. And so the question is never, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we noticing what God wants to say? The psalmist makes a second point about how God is speaking in this verse. He said God is speaking abundantly. The, the phrase pours forth, day-to-day -day pours forth speech. It literally means to, to flow, to, to bubble up, to gush out like a, a spring that continues to, continues to gush out fresh water. So too, creation continues to gush out revelation about God's glory. So he speaks continuously. He speaks abundantly. But the psalmist also says he speaks universally. Verse 3. There's no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their utterances to the end of the world. He says what, what God says through creation has gone out through all the earth. It has gone to the ends of the world. And so God is speaking to everyone, everywhere through creation, through general revelation of his glory. He speaks continuously, abundantly, and universally through creation. Now, starting in the last line of verse 4, he, the psalmist focuses on the most brilliant aspect of the heavens, the sun. And he says, in them, talking about the heavens, in them he has placed a tent for the sun. He's probably talking about uh, night and the sun in a sense, kind of goes to sleep at night as it crosses the horizon and sets, and then it rises up in the morning from the east. 
Verse 5, he describes the son this way. He said, it, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one into the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there's nothing hidden from his heat, from its heat. And so he likens the son to a bridegroom rising from his chamber uh, to a strong man which, who runs his course. And it seems to be his point is that he's pointing to strength and energy and even joy that's revealed as the son rises and runs across the heavens to the west each day. And he says, nothing's hidden from its heat. Again, pointing to the idea that uh, there's a universal revelation. Nothing is hidden from the heat of the sun. And so God reveals himself through creation. He's speaking to everyone, everywhere, continuously and abundantly. The question is never, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening to what God says through creation? Are we listening? If we listen to what God says about himself through creation, there's a number of ways that it can help us move away from self-centered lives to God-centered lives where he is at the very center to our approach to life. I want to mention two today. God's glory revealed through creation can help lead us to worship. God's glory revealed through creation can help lead us to worship. Ten psalms later, in Psalm uh, 29, David uh, describes another aspect of creation. He describes a a storm that that probably originates over the Mediterranean and comes on land and moves from north to south. And he he describes the the power and even the destructive force of the storm. And, And right at the end of Psalm 20, or beginning of Psalm 29, David says what our response ought to be. Worship. He says this, verse 1, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. And then he goes on and he describes the storm. And at the very end of describing the storm, and he says, And everything in the temple says glory. We declare glory. But right at the start of the psalm, he's saying the response when we see God's glory as revealed in something like the majesty and the power of a storm, is worship. We bow down and we worship because of who God is. When we rightly understand what God reveals about himself through creation, it can help lead us to worship. And you all know this, right? I mean, you've experienced this as you've experienced different aspects of creation. Just think of some of the things you've experienced, some of the places you've been, right? You, you stand on a mountain and, and you just consider the majesty that that reveals about God. Or you go to the ocean and you, you think about Psalm or uh, Isaiah 40 that says he holds a water in the, the, you know, the palm of his hand and what does it reveal about just the, the, how huge God is. Or you think about the depth of the ocean, the depth of God's love or the, the waves that continue to crash on the shore revealing God's glory just keeps flowing. Or you stand on a beach or you walk through a desert and you consider just the, how many grains of sand there are there and just how it speaks, how God is limitless. Or you think about the, the big sky in western Kansas and what it says about how vast God is. Through creation we see beauty, we see power, we see the vastness and majesty of God. And when we see those things, it can humble us. And it can lead us to worship. 
And if we're in a posture of worship, we are rightly relating to God, right? I mean, his glory becomes the reigning passion of our lives. If we're worshiping him and creation and how God reveals himself can help lead us to that point. A number of years back when my sister was facing her battle with what would ultimately be a fatal brain tumor, I, there was times of real struggle in that time of wondering what, what God was up to. And, uh, you know, we prayed and prayed and prayed. God didn't seem to be healing. He wasn't healing. And uh, there were plenty of times of just wondering, God, you are, I know you're powerful. I know you're loving. I know you're good. What, what are you up to? And I remember one night I was out in the, the backyard. This is back when we lived over on Wreath Avenue and just looking up at the sky. It was a night where, where you could see the stars uh, easily. And I was just thinking about the stars and what they reveal about God as I was praying about my situation with my sister. And Isaiah 40, 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. You know, that night, God didn't give me any answers about what he might be doing, but he reminded me about who he is. The one who had created those stars I was looking at. The one who names each of them. The one who, because of the greatness of his might, not one of them was missing. As I looked at that and as I prayed and as I contemplated how God was revealing himself through the stars, it helped me return to a posture of worship, right? It helped me to get to a place of saying in my heart, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I will continue to worship you because you're the creator. I'm the creator. You are the creator and I will worship you even in the midst of the season where I don't know what you're doing. When we see God's glory through creation, it can help us stay in a God-centered posture of worship, which is exactly where we need to be if we're going to live lives for God's glory. Secondly, when we see God's glory revealed through creation, it can lead to trust. And, And the reality is worship and trust are so intertwined together. But God's glory revealed through creation can lead to trust. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about how if we will pay attention to creation, it can lead us to a place of trust. And for most of us, it's a very familiar passage, but think about what Jesus says here about creation. In verse 25, he says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And uh, the reality is we continue to walk through these days of of COVID-19. Many of us feel some of this, right? It causes worry about provision. It causes worry about these kinds of things. And Jesus' answer is to pay attention to what God has revealed through creation, right? Look. Look at the birds of the air. Look. Look that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? But, but if you are, Jesus says, keep looking at creation. Observe. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that 
Not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Jesus says, if you're struggling with worry and anxiety, look at creation. Look at how God reveals himself. And it's interesting, Jesus isn't directing us to the large and the grand and the majestic. He's directing us to smaller things, like birds, and how God reveals that he takes care of them, and like flowers that reveal beauty, right? Jesus saying we should look at these things, we should observe these things, because as we do, it helps us understand that God will take care of us as well. Takes care of the birds. He will take care of us. Have you done what Jesus says to do here? Have you ever looked at the birds and considered how they're not worried about their provision and God is taking care of them? And how much more are you worth? Have you looked at the birds? Have you looked and considered the beauty of flowers and how God clothes them? Creation reveals God's glory, if we will look, if we will observe. And that's what Jesus is telling us to do, that if we will look, if we will observe, that can help us move away from self-centered worry to God-centered trust. Creation, if we will look at it, can lead to trust. And so paying attention to what God is saying through creation can do a lot in our hearts. It can lead us to worship. It can lead us to a posture of trust. And if that is where we are, worshiping and trusting, we're in a position where God is in his rightful place in our lives, right? He's becoming the the reigning passion of our lives. It's helping us move away from self-centeredness toward making God's glory the reigning passion in our lives. Personally, I'm so thankful that, that I had the opportunity to study and ponder this this week because I needed this reminder. As, as we've walked through this COVID time, there have been plenty of times where, where I have had anxiety, where I've struggled with some significant anxiety at times. Anxiety related to concern for loved one's health, uh, concern for, for people and their, 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 you know, their provision, their income, jobs, those kind of things, businesses. Anxiety about just life being so disrupted in so many ways. A lot of the anxiety for me has been about how to lead and how to plan in, in this time. Like, what does it even look like as we think about the fall? Like, can we do rooted? Can, can we have life groups? How can groups gather? It's important to gather. Can, can we do that in person? What is this even going to look like this fall? And, and I'm the kind of person, like, I'm very, I, I want to know facts and information and, and have good set of facts to make decisions on. And, and the reality is when you're walking through COVID, things are changing constantly. You don't have the information that you typically do. And so for me, what that does for me is I just feel like I need to be smart enough, planned enough, creative enough, hardworking enough to try to figure it all out in times like this. Any of you relate to this kind of experience? Well, that's a good place to experience some anxiety, right? Because you can't be smart enough. You can't work hard enough to figure it all out because we're walking into days that are very unknown. And so I have sensed from God this week an invitation as I've, to, I've studied this topic to pay attention, to pay attention to what he's always saying through creation. I am the creator. 
I'm powerful, I'm wise, I'm good, and I'm firmly in control. I'm sensing that God wants me to reflect on how he's revealed through creation and let that help me return to a posture of worship and trust. See, when I'm, when I'm thinking, I've got to work so hard, that's like saying I'm at the center of this, right? I'm the one that's got to make things happen, and I need to return to a place where God is at the center. And honestly, I'm not there yet. I am not there yet. I am on a journey. But uh, what, I'm, what I sense is like, uh, you know, if you've ever been out on a day where you're just working in the heat and, and uh, you maybe water ran out a long time ago, but you know how refreshing it's going to be to get home and take a cool shower and have a big drink of water. And, and you know that is just going to be refreshing. I've sensed God saying, Brian, if you will notice and, and think about how I'm revealing myself to you through curation, that's sort of the refreshment I need to return to seeing things rightly. God is great. God is a creator. I'm not. And I sense he's leading me back to that place. And so this week, as I've been out uh, on walks particularly, I've been looking and observing. I like to listen to audiobooks, but I, I've kind of set them aside this week, and I've been looking at trees, noticing the different shapes of the leaves. I've been noticing grass and squirrels and rabbits and the sky and clouds and sunrises and sunsets. And as I'm doing that, God is reminding me because he's revealing his invisible attributes through these things. He's reminding me of who he is and it's helping me return to a posture of worship and trust. God is always speaking through creation, continuously, abundantly, universally. He's revealing his glory through creation. So the question is never, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? Are we looking? Are we observing? Are we paying attention to how God is revealing himself through creation? Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you. That through creation, you do reveal yourself. Uh, as Paul said, your invisible attributes are clearly seen. God, would you help us to look? Would you help us to listen? Would you help us to pay attention to what you re reveal about yourselves? God, we know that, that we, we have to come to the scriptures. There's things that are only revealed there. But God, you say so much about who you are through creation. And we pray that we would look and pay attention. That we would... Allow that to help you be at the very center of our lives, that it would help us put you in the center, and that we would glorify you, that you would increasingly become the reigning passion of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.